Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, it's good to be back in the house of God today. Turn in your Bible, or if you're going to read up here, you can read on Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. We're going to read the whole thing this morning. I have so enjoyed uh, this, this study this week. It is powerful what Ephesians has to offer. The series that we're in is Raised to Life. And as I, as I read this passage, I thought, my word, this is perfect for that. So let's read it. Verse 3. Praise be to God. Now I'm reading from the J.B. Phillips New Testament version. Now I've never read from this, I don't believe, but uh, I, it really fit what I wanted to say this morning. Praise be to God for giving us, through Christ, every possible spiritual benefit as citizens of heaven. For consider what he has done. Before the foundation of the world, he chose us to become in Christ his holy and blameless children living within his constant care. He planned in his purpose of love that we should be adopted, that's so key, as his own children through Jesus Christ, that we might learn to praise that glorious generosity of his, of his which he has made us welcome in the everlasting love he bears toward the Son. It is through the Son at the cost of his own blood that we are redeemed. Thank God for that. Freely forgiven through that full and generous grace which has overflowed into our lives and opened our eyes to the truth. For God has allowed us to know the secret of his plan, and it's this. He purposes in his sovereign will that all human history shall be consummated in Christ, that everything that exists in heaven or on earth shall find its perfection and fulfillment in him. And here is the staggering thing, that in all which will one day belong to him, we have been promised a share. There again is an important part. Since we were long ago destined for this by the one who achieves his purposes by his sovereign will, so that we, as the first to put our confidence in Christ, may bring praise to his glory. And you too trusted him when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And after you gave your confidence to him, you were, so to speak, stamped with the promised Holy Spirit as a guarantee of purchase until the day when God completes the redemption of what he has paid for as his own, and that will again be to the praise of his glory. That gets a little bit wordy there, and it gets a, maybe a little bit hard to understand, but I hope we can break it down. When you look at verses, verse 3, it says that praise be to God for giving us uh, uh, every possible spiritual benefit as citizens of heaven. Can you imagine that? He gives us every possible spiritual benefit. God has given us through his son Jesus the same benefits on this earth that are waiting for us in heaven. You may say, no, I, I, that's hard for me to comprehend, but it's so true. You got to realize that God has given us the benefits on this earth that are waiting for us in heaven. We as God's people, we're called to live in freedom, authority, victory, power, faith, righteousness. I mean, everything that God has for us in heaven, we were called to live down here. Instead, it's the old analogy that I've heard, and this is a little bit weak and, and maybe a little bit country, but it's, it's like... You choose whether you're going to be a chicken in the barnyard or an eagle in the sky. 
You know that? You can be a chicken in the barnyard or a turkey in the barnyard that can't fly out of the barnyard and they're just picking away at worms and, and at corn that they throw out. Or you can be an eagle that flies in the sky, but it's your choice. It's your decision. And I choose today to live as the eagle in the sky, to live in victory, to live in power, to live in authority, to walk in the freedom that the Holy Spirit offers I don't, want to, I don't want to be a chicken living in the barnyard. I want to fly around with Jesus and see what he has ordained for us. So let me show you what God has prepared in Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, three things that I believe that God has laid out, and there are a whole lot more than that, but three that I have chosen. Number one, you were chosen to be adopted into God's family. Can you imagine that? And Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, reading it again, says, For consider what he has done before the foundation of the world. He chose us to become in Christ his holy and blameless children, living within his constant care. He planned in his purpose of love that we should be adopted as his own children through Jesus Christ. Did you ever stop and think about that? Stop and think what it means? Two things I notice in this. First of all, he chose us, and secondly, he adopted us. I've heard people say, well, I chose to follow Jesus, and I understand what you're saying, but the real truth of the matter is, he chose you. He chose you to say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do good things for you. I'm going to put all of my spiritual blessings upon you so that you no longer have to walk around despondent, discouraged, depressed, and defeated all the time. But he chose you to be one of his children that you can walk around in victory. Before the foundation of the world, it says in this passage, he chose you. you that, that just, when I think of, of him choosing me, I mean, I, I can't comprehend that. Hayford's Bible handbook says of this passage, we have been chosen, predestined, adopted, redeemed, and forgiven. What more can be said about the unsearchable richness of God's love for us in Jesus Christ? You were chosen to be redeemed. You were chosen to be forgiven. You say, well, I'm special then. Are you, is that what you're saying? Well, yes, but no. In the fact that I believe every man who was ever created was chosen to be in God's best favor. Every man, woman, or child, whomever it may be, was chosen to live for God. But only some have chosen to follow that pathway. Some have chosen to live as the chicken in the barnyard, while others of us have chosen to walk in faith and live above the problems of this world. Folks, I'm telling you, what's going on today could really get us discouraged. It could really get us down when we hear of all. And, 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 and just two days ago, I was thinking about it, and I, it dawned on me that it's really never bothered me that much because it was always off somewhere. But when I heard about the people at Marshfield, I began to realize it's here. It's right now here in our midst. And I called yesterday one of the men in the church, that, in our church. I, he doesn't come very often because he's a truck driver. But he also has come down with, with COVID-19. And I thought it's right here in our midst. It's right here before us. So we are in a troubled time. 
And we can allow that to rule and to reign over our lives. But as that song said, our God reigns forever. Our God reigns omnipotently over everything that is going on. And secondly, he adopted us. He didn't just choose us to be a cousin or a nephew or a, you know, a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law. He chose us and he to, to adopt us. I mean, that just that is so exciting to me. You say, he, he couldn't have chosen me, preacher. There's just, just no way. I'm not worthy. Can I, can I agree with you? You're right. You're not worthy. But neither was Abraham, Moses. Neither was Simon Peter or Paul the patriarch. Or neither was in our modern day Billy Graham worthy of God's blessings. But he chose to love you because he cares and he knows what your needs are. So he didn't choose you because you were worthy. He didn't choose you because you were good enough. He chose you because he wanted to. Because he wanted to be a part of your family. He wanted you to be a part of his family. And you're not, you say, well, I, you know, I, preacher, I've got so many sins in my life. God couldn't have chosen me. Well, he did. Now, that doesn't mean that he overlooks your sins or he condones your sins. I believe even to you that are online, that are watching today, you say you're sitting there and, and you're feeling comfortable, but God is, if, if God is pointing out some sins in your life, he doesn't approve of that, but he still wants to love you. It shows that he has chosen you to forgive you of those sins, to change your life and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. I mean, when I think about that, to be that new creature in Christ Jesus, it, it just gets me so ex excited. And then when I think that he has chosen me for adoption. Adoption is, 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 is strong in our family, went through my brother's family. About uh, probably 25, 30 years ago, he adopted a young girl. They had had three boys and they wanted a girl and they didn't want to take a chance of having another boy. So... Uh, and you three that are watching, you know exactly what I mean. But uh, he chose, they chose to adopt rather than take the chance of having another wild-haired boy. And so they adopted a girl. And about two or three years ago, they adopted a precious a, a little African-American girl. And she is now a part of their family. My uh, nephews have adopted. And so uh, adoption is strong. But I don't think we really see what it means when it says adoption according to uh, what, what the scripture talks about. You see, I, I read a, 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 heard a story of a little girl who was at school and she was on the playground with the kids. This little girl was adopted by a very loving family, a very compassionate family, and they, they surrounded her with love. She was very happy. But on this day, some of the kids had found out that this girl had, had been adopted and they didn't fully know what adoption meant, and she didn't either, but, but they began to make fun of her, and they called, began to call her adopted. As I said, she didn't really know what that meant, but she knew they were making fun of her, and so she began to cry, and she ran into the school to her teacher. They called her parents. Her parents came and picked her up, and they began talking to her, trying to comfort her, and they said, sweetheart, listen to us. We love you so much. Said, as a matter of fact, I want you to realize that we chose you. We made a willful choice of, to choose you as our own daughter. But those other kids out there, their parents had to take what came out. They didn't have any choice, but we chose you. You see that? God 
chose you to be his child. God chose to adopt you. William Barclay's commentary of adoption on this passage is, when I read this, it just it got me so excited. It says, when the adoption was complete, it was complete indeed. I mean, it was, it was over. It was a done deal. The person who had been adopted now had all of the rights of a legitimate son or daughter in his or her new family and completely lost all rights to their old family. In the eyes of the law, now this was in the Roman days, uh, in the eyes of the law, he was a new person. So new was he or she that even all debts and obligations connected with their previous life were abolished as if they had never existed. That is what Paul is telling us. That God has adopted us and our old life is in the past. It's been forgotten. It's been wiped out. You are a new person in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I've got so many things that, that I've done in my past. I, I can't forgive myself. Well, this is the good news. You've been adopted. And all of those things from your past have been wiped out. They have been totally erased. If you went back today and said, God, do you remember what I did three years ago? God would look at his books of, of, of justice and he would say, no, I can't hear anything. I don't see anything. Everything has been forgiven and forgotten. And so Paul is conveying a phenomenal thought here when you realize that your old life is gone. You were a part of if you want to say it this way, Satan's family. And that was all erased. And you are now a part of God's family with all of the privileges and the blessings. I, I think of, uh, of those children that have, that have been adopted into my family. Many of those children were being raised in drug-affected uh, homes. Many of them were being raised with, with parents that did not want them at all. And now they've been, they're being brought up in homes. I mean, I think of the privilege that they have now. One of the little boys that uh, one of my nephews adopted, he had, they've had him through several surgeries. He's like six or seven, something like that. And they have had him uh, through several surgeries because he was so brutalized. He had broken bones, and they've had to take him through so many surgeries. And now he is being raised in a home that loves him. That's the way it is with you. You were a part of Satan's family with all of the corrosion and the corruption and the sin that was involved in that. And now you are being raised. Not, I don't think it's going to work up here, do you? It's not fitting my ear right. Joe, I've had problems with this. There, maybe I got it gooder. But now... Now, you have the rights and the privileges of God's child. You can say, I'm a king's kid now. I am a child of the king. His royal blood now flows through my veins. I've been adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. No longer do I have to live in the guilt of my past. I've done things that I've regretted. I wished I hadn't have done. And, and now, but it's all in the past. And so when I think about that, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 in the J.B. Phillips translation says, For if a man is in Christ, 
He becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. Everything has become fresh and new. When you said yes to Jesus, whether that day was 10 years ago or 10 days ago, do you realize that you became a new man? If you're sitting here this morning and you say, well, I have really not accepted Christ or I have, I have had so many problems in my life and I don't know what I'm going to do. The good news is you can call upon Jesus and he will forgive your past and make a new man out of you. When you were adopted into the family of God, you became a new man in Christ Jesus, a new woman in Christ Jesus. Now let me give you something that I have studied for years and I, I can't totally prove scripturally but I believe there's enough evidence that I can, I can at least give it as my opinion. In Micah chapter 7, verse 19, in the New King James Version, it says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. But this last part is what I want you to see. You will cast all of our sins into the depth of the sea. Now, as I said, I can't totally prove this, but I believe there is enough scientific evidence that I believe that I'm right. Science tells us that at specific depths, depths in the ocean or in the sea, nothing can survive. The pressure is so intense and the pressure is so great that whatever tries to survive in that realm will explode. It will disintegrate. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus said he would cast our sins, not just into the sea, but he said, into the depths of the sea. And I believe there's a reason for that. I really believe that God said, I'm going to throw them into the depths of the sea so that when they reach that certain level, they're going to explode. They're going to disintegrate so that Satan cannot bring your sins up against you again. You realize that. Your past <coughs> is truly that. Your past is over. And you are now a new person in Christ Jesus with all the privileges that God has and, and all the privileges that God has given to his son Jesus. Do you realize that? That we are, we are privileged enough to be a part of his family? Point number two is this. We were promised a share. We were promised a share. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14 says, and here is the staggering thing, <clears throat> that in all which we one day belong to him, we have been promised a share since we were long ago destined for this by the one who achieves his purposes by his sovereign will so that we, as the first to put our confidence in Christ, may bring praise to his glory. We were promised a share. Now, the New King James Version says that that means that we have obtained an inheritance. Can you imagine that? Uh, Romans eight seventeen in the New King James Version says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's what I was just saying a few seconds ago. That all the privileges that God granted to his son Jesus are given to us as well. We are called the sons and daughters of God. And so whatever belonged to Jesus belonged to us. If it, if, so it, when I read this in the Message Bible, in Romans 8, 15 through 17, it says, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. Listen to that. In other words, it's not one of those things that you just survive. 
I don't think God ever called the church to just survive. I don't think God ever called us to just barely gas at the last second and make it across the finish line. I'll tell you this much. I believe the church that he's coming back for is a victorious church, a powerful church, a victorious church that is going to run roughshod over the devil. I believe that Destiny Church is going to be a part of that. And hear me, I, I have said for, for many, many years that I believe the numbers of the church are going to shrink. People are going to, you're going to have to be forced into making the decision. You're going to go all in or you're going to forget it because you don't want to go all in. I believe the numbers of the, of the church of Jesus Christ will be less. But oh, I'm telling you, we will be a glorious church. We will be a victorious church, not, not walking around hoping to dodge the fiery darts of hell, but we'll walk right into the pit of hell and we'll declare to the devil, turn them loose and let them go. Because we are victorious through Jesus Christ. It says, now go ahead. Uh, greeting will be, it's adventurously expected. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us. Listen to that. We're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. I'll stop right there for time's sake. We're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. You say, yeah, when I die, I'll, I'll receive that in heaven. You're looking at it all wrong. You're looking at it all wrong. We don't have to wait till heaven to receive the benefits of our Christianity. We, we, we received that inheritance when Jesus died on the cross and, and, and was resurrected and went back to heaven. That's when we received our inheritance. And we're now heirs with Jesus Christ. I've told this over the years, but I remember one day we were traveling from Springfield to Nixa <coughs> and they're in the valley there at the, two, at the, at the river. <clears throat> they used to run a lot of cattle there. And I remember uh, we were, I got real spiritual one day, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but we were, I was driving along there and Marquita was sitting in the car with me. And as I said, I got real spiritual and I started thinking of, of Romans 8 where it says, I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. If it belongs to him, it belongs to me. So I looked over at those cattle and I said, babe, do you know those cattle belong to us? My wife comes across as being sweet, loving, kind. Not so. Not so. She looked at me and said, well, then why don't you go get one? Can you imagine that? God desires that you walk in spiritual victory. I have seen the church, and I get so frustrated about it. I see the church walking in defeat all the time. We walk with our heads down and apologizing because we're Christians. We have to be ashamed because we're Christians. Well, that's not true. I believe that the church has every right to walk around with our heads high and say, yes, I'm a child of God. I belong to Jesus Christ. God did not call his kids to walk around in defeat beaten down by Satan. He called us to walk around with our shoulders back and our head held high declaring to the world, I'm a child of God and I am proud of it. He called us to be winners with authority over every 
mountain that comes in our pathway. I, I, I've got to be honest with you. I have a real problem. I've always been hyper-competitive. Chad can tell you that. I've, I've, I don't like to lose. Never have. Never have. And so I'm on the winning team. I'm on the winning team. I chose to be on the winning team with Jesus Christ. Today, right now, make up your mind that you are going to walk in victory from this day forward. Let me give you some scripture verses real quickly. 1 John 4, 4. The latter part of that verse says, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Think about that. Romans 8, 37 says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then it's not going to come up on the board, but I, I began to think of John 10, 10. The thief has come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I came to give you life. Is that enough? Oh, what? Abundant life. That is what he has chosen you. Well, preacher, I sure don't experience that. Well, then start living in it. Start declaring it. Start wake up in the morning and say, I am going to live the abundant life in Jesus Christ. I'm going to live the victorious life in Jesus Christ. So point three is this. You have been stamped. I dare say you've probably never heard a sermon built around stamped. But you have been stamped in Ephesians 1, 11 through 14, and I won't read that. But it says that you were stamped with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, the uh, modern, uh, the New King James uses the term, you were sealed. William Barclay's commentary on this says that they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. In the ancient world, it's a custom still followed. When a sack or a crate or a package was dispatched, it was sealed with a seal in order to indicate from where it had come and to whom it belonged. That's the same way it is with our mail service today. It shows where it came from, but then it shows who it was headed to. And God says, you were stamped because I have sent you, and I have sent you to the heavenly realm. I have sent you to the heavenly blessings. We think, oh, when I get to heaven, I'll enjoy it. Well, sweetheart, you can wait if you want to. You can wait till you get to heaven, and you can start enjoying it then. But I choose to enjoy it, my Christian life now. I choose to follow Jesus Christ. I have been stamped. I have been marked. I am now a follower of Jesus Christ. I have been bought with the blood of Jesus. I have been adopted into the family of God. When I think about that, I think I'm a child, me, I'm a child of the king. And so I am victorious through, this, through the world system. I don't have to give in. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, when you follow things on the news today, you can get so down and so discouraged. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Boy, I, I get so frustrated by it. If the Democrats say it, the Republicans hate it. If the Republicans say it, the Democrats hate it. I mean, we're, we're in a messed up world. But I want you to know, greater is he that's within me than the old devil that's in the world, and I am a victor through Jesus Christ. I have risen to new life. I have been raised to life, not just to, to endure. Folks, I am not going to endure my salvation, okay? I'm not going to endure it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to be blessed, 
and I'm going to walk in that freedom and that liberty. This morning, if you're here and you say, preacher, I, I, don't ex- I haven't experienced that, or I, I one time experienced it, but I, I'm not experiencing it any longer, I want to give you a chance to, to just, we're going to have you raise your hand here in a minute, and when I pray, and we're going to believe that God is going to, to touch you in a very special, powerful way, and believe that God is going to move. I'm going to pray right now, and then I'm going to give you that chance to just say, God, I want you into my life so that I can live this life that this preacher's talked about. But first, let's, let's pray about Destiny Church. Father, I ask you right now that D.C. Marsfield, D.C. Republic, would make that choice today to really follow you with all that is within them. That we would make a choice that we would say, hey, we're going to be a part of a victorious church. Marshfield, Republic, we're both going to be victorious. We don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And so I can rejoice. I can walk in victory. And God, I choose to be an eagle to fly in the sky, not a turkey or a, the chicken that lives in the barnyard. I'm going to be that eagle that flies into victory and to freedom. And I'm going to believe you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.